three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to a special playoff edition of the Texas Private School Podcast. As always, I'm one third of your hosting crew, Wes Tollison, joining you from College Station. My co-hosts, Walker Lott and Ryan Schroeder, join you from College Station in Stillwater, Oklahoma, respectively. Guys, um, we've been waiting all season for this week, and finally it is upon us. We got a taste of it last week with the SBC Championships. It is playoff time in Texas. Walker Lott, I know you're excited. I know Ryan's excited. What are your thoughts on just finally being here at the beginning of the finish line? Yeah, I mean, this is this is what everyone – this is the best time of the year. But This is what everything, all the hard work and the dedication throughout the summer, throughout the offseason, it all comes down to playoffs. Um, and this is when – this is when, uh, as I think Anakin Skywalker says in episode two, this is where the fun begins. <laughs> exactly. I couldn't put it any better. Ryan Schroeder, Wait, same question. What? Episode, episode three. Thank you. There we go. Ryan Schroeder, same question. We are finally here. The last 50 meters of the sprint. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, this has been a heck of a season. I know we were all super excited going into the season that, um, that yeah, this was going to be a step up for the podcast this year. And uh, we're so glad that all of y'all have tuned in this year. There's a lot of good football this year. Um, and yeah, we're just glad to be running the race right along with y'all. So we'll, we'll keep on going and Playoffs are going to be good, man. Playoffs are going to be great. Absolutely. We're about to get some of our best content of the entire year over the next four weeks, and I'm so incredibly excited for it. And as always, we'll begin the episode by recapping last week's pick records. Me and Ryan went 10 and 7. Walker went 8 and 9. But what we're going to focus on here is a bet made between me and Ryan Schroeder over the Coram Deo Legacy Christian game. Ryan, I mean... You got to stop making bets with me. I, I just think that's 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 kind of the rule of thumb here. Ryan, also, we uh, we made a bet that Ryan will now buy uh, my dinner at Wake in uh, at George's in Waco. Shout out to George's. But Ryan, you also on the podcast agreed to sing the Aggie War hymn if um, if Coram Deo beat Legacy. Do you have the lyrics pulled up in front of you? Yeah, I'm trying to pull it up because I, I, you know, I'm trying to see. This is the war hymn right here. All right, I'm going to listen along with it and see if I can do it. All right. All right. Here we go, y'all. Here is the war hymn. I'm going to try I'm going to try it my best. Uh, I, I, I need you to hump it, Wes. I need, I, I need you to hump it, Ryan. I need you to get hands and knees. Oh, gosh. I, I need it. Oh, no. Wes, right. he, he needs to do it, right? I, I, yeah, I, I This agree. was not a part of the agreement. I don't remember this being this. This is well, I also, don't, I also don't know when to do the, the hump as well. The whole time. Oh, okay. yeah, Ryan, you're going to have to. Yeah, basically humping it. You just you stand up. You get your hands on your knees because this is, you know, scientifically proven to make you yell, yell louder. But you have to hear hands on your knees. All right. Here you go. You're all ready. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hola, Bob. Oh, look, can it, oh, I can't. I don't know. Can it? Goodbye to Texas University. So long to the origin, the white. Hood yeah. To uh, dear old Texas Aggies. They are the boys who show the real old fight. They are. The eyes of Texas are you upon you. That is the song that they sing so well. Sounds like hell. Sounds like so, hell. Sounds like hell. Goodbye to Texas University. They're going to beat you all. To real tough stuff. Texas A&M. Goodbye to Texas University. To the orange and the white. Right, yep. I give up. No, you know what? Uh, that's fine. You know that's what? Good we, we won't make him saw it off. That that's as much. Oh my gosh, that song is horrible. No, it's, no, it's I was, actually I was pretty. Say, you have a beautiful singing voice, Ryan. It was fantastic. No, I agree. I, I disagree. I totally one, disagree. one episode. Me and Walker will we, we will we will show everyone how the Aggie wore him is sung and it's in its purest form. But you will get that after the state championship. Hey, that'll, that'll be a be, postseason episode. That'll definitely be like a random summer. In a random summer, you're gonna be looking on your feed and you're just gonna see Wes Wes and Walker doing the war him. Pumped eggs. Yeah, no, it'll it's gonna be it's gonna be glorious. But 
moving on again that's all we're going to do for pick records um just i will say i'm still in the lead and i don't plan on relinquishing that lead ryan that trophy will be mine this season but yeah i i don't know i don't really think i have a chance anymore it's getting out of hand like i'm only four losses down but there's not four games where i feel like i could jump you you know yeah, we'll see. I mean, crazy things happen in the playoffs, but we'll see. Four games is a lot at this point in the season, but not as much as the, I think, what is that, 17 now that that Walker's now? That's crazy. That's bro, nuts. Bro, bro y'all seen it. <laughs> I thought we were mission Walkers anymore. Yeah. yeah sorry. <laughs> I, sorry. It was an intrusive <laughs> thought that made its way, um, it's made, that made mm. its way out. But moving on into our players of the week, the Texas Private School Podcast Offensive Player of the Week. The John Cooper School quarterback, Vaughn McKeever. Vaughn had in the SPC 3A state championship, 332 passing yards, seven total touchdowns, and a win over Fort Worth Trinity Valley to claim John Cooper as the back-to-back SBC state champions. I mean, Walker, we've known since last year when we were watching McKeever that he's a special talent there in the Woodlands, and he just proved it at the at the end of his senior season, going out with seven total touchdowns. You really can't do it better. I really think that he outdueled Trinity Valley here in this spot. Your thoughts on John Cooper as our Texas Private <laughs> wow. School Podcast Offensive Player of the Week? He absolutely did outduel uh, Trinity Valley in this one. Absolutely. And, you know, we talked about it. We had a little banter back and forth about it. But at the end of the day, he's a fantastic talent. He proved he proved himself right, and he won the SPC championship and did it back to back. You know, you could see our interview afterwards. But um, I mean, it was the it was honestly the Dean Calhoun game to start it off. Four touchdowns in the first half, just no one could touch him. Uh, out route, kind of to the outside, and he just ran up the sideline. And then uh, another touchdown, I believe. Uh, the ham runs it up the middle for like forty yards, and then. Uh, Dang Calhoun pass from McKeever to him over the top um, to the sideline and then another run down the middle for Vaughn McKeever and then but in total I mean seven total touchdowns for the senior quarterback insane game Um, he did everything he needed to to win and he did it very very impressively there was one throw I know it's not the biggest throw but the one throw that was really really impressive to me was uh in the fourth quarter I think it was a Keeler Sullivan one he runs up into the pocket and he's kind of going across and he kind of does just the baseball right there and he just floats it over the top it was a very impressive throw he uh, the arm talent on this kid is very very impressive um I I just you know this is the team you know they go back and back back to back you know I was talking to one of the guys. They're like, oh, well, maybe because of, you know, the 22 class leaving, you didn't think we could do it in 23. Nah, this 23 class was really, really impressive. Kyler Sullivan, McKeever, uh, a lot of other guys on that squad were really, really impressive in this win. Um, so congratulations to them. Back-to-back state championships emphatically and from the post, the preseason favorites winning it all. Um, to the other side, what's interesting about this Trinity Valley team, though, is – I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna put them down as to win it next year, though. I think they're a young team. All of their big time guys are really are juniors or juniors and fresh sophomores. They have a six seven offensive lineman who looked the part. Uh, he's a junior. Gavin Parkhurst looked really really good. Uh, he you know, McKeever looked better, but uh, he looked really really solid. Carter Lee, Jake and Maynard. Uh, for a sophomore, does not look like a sophomore. He's a very impressive talent. They have a couple other guys. They're like six three outside receivers, linebackers who could be one to watch next camp around. Their running backs at twenty five. Um, I forget his name. Uh, where does his name? Uh, Ben Nagushu, I believe that's how you say it. Twenty twenty five. They have some young talent, and they're only going to get better next year. So with McKeever and all of them leaving, I could see them maybe being the preseason favorite, but. Uh, one to watch for sure overhead. You should, with with how much young talent they have, they should tip their cap to making it all the way to the SBC championship. So good on them, but congrats to the uh, the Dragons down there in the Woodlands. Absolutely. Ryan, I mean, I do have to ask, how many touchdowns does Walker Lott get credit for with that bulletin board material? I say at least mm. three touchdowns of McKeever's mm. seven we have to attribute to Walker yeah, Lott. Yeah, no, I think, I think, uh, I think the coach just let him stay out there. I mean, it was just, it was the state game as of his senior year, but I also just think like, you know, 
and you can't really run up the score in a state game. I don't know. I'm I'm just saying Bob McKeever threw more touchdowns because, you know, because they wanted he wanted to. And it's all because Walker told him that he couldn't. So Walker, feel bad about it. Don't worry. The other SBC game, I had full control over how many touchdowns Micah Bell scored. So um it doesn't make a difference. Uh but anyways, I'm gonna talk about Bob McKeever here because honestly. Last year, 2,500 passing yards and about 400, 400 on the rushing side to equal almost a total of 3,000 total yards. And he had 41 total touchdowns last year. All that in 10 games just to do the, basically the exact same thing this year. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I don't, I don't know the stats this year, but I'm, I bet he's right around the same area as he was last year. Um, heck of a player, but I think you're 100% right, Walker, when you or when you say that like they're a young team, right? This... Uh, this TV TBS team. Um, yeah. Give me Trinity Valley and maybe, you know, next year or two years, because I think when you get all those guys, I, it sucks. I wish I had like a prime TBS versus a prime John Cooper, because I feel like this John Cooper team and including the one last year with Jackson Pierce and all the rest of those guys, I feel like those were like prime John Cooper years. It's almost like you wish you could have a prime of both years play each other, but um, you know, the, 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 I think Trinity Valley is going to get better. And I think, uh, I think it was, I think it was pretty easy to say from kind of the start of the year after you saw how John Cooper was playing that you knew they were going to win state this year. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think next season is going to be incredibly interesting in SBC 3A, but we will wait to see that until it happens. So congratulations to Vaughn McKeever, the Texas private school podcast, offensive player of the week. And now for the Texas Private School Podcast Defensive Player of the Week, Grapevine Faith linebacker Jaden Norris. Jaden had 16 tackles, a sack, four tackles for loss, and three quarterback hurries and a loss to Bishop Dunn. You know, Walker, even though Faith lost this game, Jaden Norris was an incredible standout with those 16 tackles, a sack, and four TFLs. I mean, what are your thoughts? And you were already saying he's a great prospect. Your thoughts on Jaden Norris's performance here? Yeah, you know, you're going to be kind of shocked, Wes. He reminds me kind of of like a Palmer Knicks type of player. Um, just an outside linebacker who off the edge is very scary. His sideline to sideline athleticism is there. Um, and just a really good, like, he can get go into get into the hole and hit it hard. I mean, he is he's that type of player. He's physical. He's athletic. Um, and he reads the defense and he reads the offense really, really well. And he just is always in the right place at the right time type of player. Um and I, I, I raise also, uh, Jen, I raise Palmer Nix at a high standard and, and the guys I've played against. So it's a, that's a compliment for sure. Um, but yeah, great player, great week. I know they didn't get the result they wanted, but he's going to be a guy they have to rely on in the, in this, uh, playoffs coming around, especially in this big matchup against Fort Worth All Saints this week. Absolutely. A matchup that we will preview here in a little bit, but Ryan Schroeder, even in the loss, Jaden North was a standout player. Your thoughts on the linebackers performance. Yeah, I'm watching the film right now, um, which is like in like 360p. I'm sorry, I'm trying to understand what's going on, but it it looks insane though. Homie is like absolutely like with a vengeance out for these quarterbacks, and uh, obviously this is the Dunn game that I'm watching right here. But you can watch the other film on his account of him playing the whole non-district schedule with 40 tackles, 12 tackles for loss, and 10 QB hurries, all in um, just the non-district of this year. Um, obviously I'm the, the clip I'm about to watch is him sack, uh, you know, fourth Christian, he, he's just, he's so he's very speedy off the edge. And I think that's something that a lot of private school, um, um, defensive that you'll see or outside linebacker slash defensive end type of players, um, don't come with that type of speed as much as, uh, as much as I, I'm trying to think how do I describe this. There's a, there's a, there's a bit of like a acceleration factor that is that I, I see only out of a few guys every now and then. And I think this is one of the guys I've seen because some guys, I feel like it's just very standard in, in the, in how we're playing that a lot of guys aren't quick to quick to grasp that it's going to be a pass play or a run playoff rip. Uh, but he has the IQ and the quickness to be able to get the quarterback. So I, I think Jaden is a tough player and yeah, what a senior year, man. Uh, I think, I think you, I think you gotta, you gotta prove something here in playoffs now though. Yeah, definitely so. He's going to get a great opportunity to do just that against Fort Worth All Saints yet again in a game we will preview here very shortly. But all things said, congratulations to Grapevine Faith linebacker Jaden Norris, our Texas Private School Podcast Defensive Player of the Week. 
And now before we get into recapping the physical games from last week that we previewed, we're going to go to the TXPS media scoreboard powered by none other than Ryan Troder and talk about just some of the games that I want to hit on here that we didn't formally preview last week. The main thing I want to say, or not the main thing, a big thing first, St. Pius getting a 24 to 17 win over Central Catholic. Big, big win for St. Pius, a team we haven't talked a whole lot about this year, but that's something they needed to go out and win and they did it. And it puts Central in an interesting position and a game that we will preview here in a little bit another huge game bishop dunn gets a 43 to 28 i'm pretty sure it's 28 mm-hmm. when over grapevine faith dunn outright or D- dunn forced a three-way tie for the district championship and due to point differentials actually get the one seed in playoffs so absolutely massive performance by dunn you see coram deo gets a 27 to 17 win over frisco legacy in a game that won me a bet so i'm very grateful for the coram deo lions one of my adopted teams also fourth all saints gets a three-point Point forty-five to forty-two win over fourth Christian, big for them. Oh, Lake Country absolutely smacks Grace Prep thirty-five to nine. Oh, in a game that we didn't see coming, or a win that we didn't see coming, a huge win for the Dodd Twins and everyone else at Lake Country over a good uh, Grace Prep squad. And just scanning more, we were at Northland Christian versus Brazos Christian. That was a huge win for Stonewalker and company, 22-21 to 21 over Brazos Christian. Lubbock Christian smacks the dog out of Pantigo, 51-7. to 7. And yeah, those are the main games that I want to talk about. So, Walker Lot, Ryan Schroeder, Walker, you first. Anything that sticks out to you from that scoreboard? Uh, I'm going to say the San Antonio Holy Cross and Cypress Christian wins. You know, they're the two favorites coming out of the South this year in D3, and they make them make it known in their d- districts that they are the teams to come out of there. Um, and I'm going to expect those two to meet in the semifinals this year. But, yeah, great wins for both schools, dominant wins for both schools. Um, the, the fourth All Saints win over fourth Christian is a big win for them. Um, it sets them up to face, you know, it's going to be interesting, Wes, right? Of yes, Fort Worth Christian lost, but they are they now are going to play a team that they already beat pretty handedly in Bishop Dunn, and and that, then instead of playing a team they only beat by seven, so maybe the loss that game maybe is going to come to help them or hurt them a little bit. It's going to be interesting to see how that game results in the playoff matches this year this week. Yeah, we will see. I have always said. Uh... Football teams are a dynamic thing. They're not static. The teams that we see week two and week three are the not the same teams at all we see in the playoffs, but that's a really good point. Maybe they help themselves with the loss here. You never really know. Ryan Schroeder, anything that sticks out to you from the board? Yeah, uh, there is a few games where all three of us <laughs> picked the same team, and they end up losing the Central Catholic game, St. Pius won, the Grapevine Faith game, Bishop Dunn won. In a, uh, I think I have the score wrong on that, by the way. I think it's 43-28, but still a smacking by Dunn. Um, I, that's uh, the fourth All Saints game. We all picked fourth Christian. Uh, you know, and, and the Lake Country game, we all picked Grace Prep. Like, you know, we had a really bad, a really bad week uh, when it comes to, and you could, we already told you our records this week. So you obviously know that a lot of, a lot of games that flipped the opposite script, but Shout out my guys at Temple Christian, though, man. I uh, I was the only one to pick y'all. And uh, honestly, I'm a really big fan of First Baptist this year. But I I think it was just more the aspect that I, I saw the wins. And I think I went through the max preps and kind of like, you know, did a little bit of math in my head. And uh, Transit Property ended up getting y'all a 21-point win. So um, I, uh, I'm i very excited to say that that was, a, that was a really good pick on my part that, you know, uh, that – that I was glad to have, but yeah, the Houston Northland win only being one point, the TCA Addison win only being one point over Nolan Catholic. Those are close games that we could have flipped this. That could have flipped the script the opposite direction, and then obviously a team that I am I have just been like a fan of this whole year is Brownsville St. Joseph. Man, they keep winning and winning and winning. Um, if I'm not mistaken, they they took the second spot in their in the district with that win against TMI right behind Regents. Um, right. and like we keep saying. 10-point loss to Regents, man. They were not that bad this year when it comes to how far behind they were Regents. Obviously, Regents, you know, we feel like owns that district, but St. Joseph had a great year this year, an amazing year this year, and uh, they cap it off with a 60 points. 60 points is what they put up um, on TMI, and they win. Yeah, no, that's huge. And to St. Joe's credit, they only lost to Regents by 10, and Regents has been absolutely dominant the whole year. So if somehow their paths cross in playoffs, I'll be very, very interested to see how that plays out. But 
that's going to conclude our discussion regarding the TXPS Media Scoreboard. Now, very quickly, we're going to jump into the recaps of our five games from last week, starting with Parrish at Prestonwood. Junior Maddox Reed goes absolutely ballistic behind the elite Parrish offensive line, and I promised I would shout this offensive line out because this Parrish offensive line is the best in the state. It is crazy. Walker, you've seen them live. Left tackle Nicholas Ferris, left guard Sam Liu, center Nathan Weber, right guard. Aiden Gilmore and right tackle Jacob Picanio. I hope I didn't butcher any of those, but yeah, I mean, you can't talk about Maddox Reed performance here without shouting out the dogs up front paving the way. Reed went for 289 rushing yards and five touchdowns as Parrish routes Prestonwood 49 to 14, covering the spread. Trey Williams also goes for 27 total tackles, maybe the most we've seen this year. Seth Scott goes for 20, and Cooper Malin goes for 15 tackles and two TFLs. McGuire Martin and A.J. Sibley both get rushing touchdowns for the Lions, but they are no match for the Panthers in this one, as expected. Walker Lott, uh, Paris is just an absolute machine. There's not really a whole lot to say here. They're just that good. Your thoughts on this outcome? Yeah, I mean, it was – I'll, I'll give – you got to give – Preston with credit, right? Because they kept it close at the half. Uh, I mean, like, I think it's, it was a seven point game or something like the half. And mm-hmm. then Parrish, you know, changed, you know, kind of did the halftime adjustments and they just became Parrish like we thought they were going to be. Um, I also want to say those two other guys, I know Austin Sattler played a little bit uh, for on that offensive line. I know against South Oak Cliff when Weber got hurt, uh, but Alex Jacoby also on this offensive line also played, made some impacts on that offensive line. Uh, it's interesting to see. I think, you know, I don't know if what you think of uh, Prestonwood here, right? Because if you have your, it's a seven point game. That means, hey, they might have a shot if they can, you know, keep it together and change themselves for next time if they face again. Um, so it's gonna be interesting to see how that all goes because this this could definitely be another uh, state championship matchup in a couple weeks. So it'll be interesting to see if when they get there, do they switch some stuff up and have it a closer game in the second half? But uh, you can never count out Novikov and those guys. I mean, and Maddox Reed, you know, we talked about uh, who was going to replace the running back position at Parish Episcopal. When you leave, a Georgia commit just leaves, right? It's hard to fill that spot. And Cedric Mays did that, did that for a while, but we knew Maddox Reed coming from South Lake Carroll was going to be the guy moving forward, and he did just that this week, uh, proving why he's going to be one of the best running backs in the state this year. Um, insane. Definitely so. Ryan Schroeder, your thoughts on Parrish routing Prestonwood? So I said, I said Prestonwood would cover, and I'm actually going to hold to that because I'm like, not like not like after like hold to the fact that they covered. No, that's not stupid. But I'm gonna hold to the fact that I said that because like I okay. I, I I what's called I I feel like I feel like um I I was coming. I did may or may not have put out a a thing on Instagram story saying no one believes me. I I cover. Uh, that was a dumb thing to put out. However, <laughs> all I have to say is this: I really like this Prestonwood team. I have I like AJ Sibley's uh, a really good player. I saw McGuire Martin play last year. Um, I know this Prestonwood team is good. I think what they're now, what you just have to say is just push through playoffs. And if you push through playoffs, you'll see them again in the championship. Um, and I think that's this has to be the mindset. Um, now one game at a time for Prestonwood, but I'm gonna look ahead. Uh I look ahead and I see that Antonian versus um uh what's called uh Prestonwood matchup in the semifinals. And I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, that that's gonna be a great game. That that's that's that really decides whether you I don't want to like put it out there like that, but it kind of decides if you had a really good year this year, right? Because so what you can't be perish, whatever you can't be perish, can't be perish, whatever. I would I would say having a good year would be getting to that state championship spot and beating Antonio in the semifinals because how good we know Antonio is this year, right? Um, but yeah, Parish is just Parish, and there's really nothing you can do at this point. When a guy like Trey Williams is going to go out there and get 20, 27 tackles alone by himself. Uh, or not solo tackles, but t- just tackles in general. He's gonna have Dude, that's that's like a madman out there. Like I, I'm not expecting any other team to come out there and like and you know and go put up 40 on Paris like it's nothing. This is a team that almost just beat South Oak Cliff this year. Like I, I like let's be very real here, man. Like, like this team is out of everybody's league, and you know Prestonwood they were able to stay with them for a little bit. That should be enough, in my opinion, to kind of have confidence that you're gonna succeed in playoffs. 
Yeah, definitely so. I think your benchmark with the Prestonwood Antonian game being the marker of a good season for Prestonwood is is a really good point. It's going to be really interesting providing both teams make it to that semifinal matchup. But speaking of the Apaches, we get to recap their game versus Houston St. Thomas, where the Antonian Apaches win an absolute stunner in this spot, 38 to 35, crowning themselves Chiefs of the District. Junior quarterback Jace Toscano throws for 300 yards and two touchdowns and rushes in for another one. And senior Topher Stubbs rushes for 100 yards and two touchdowns. The Apaches receiving core saw two players eclipse the century mark. Riley Stroh goes for 123 and Ricky Gonzalez goes for 150 and a pair of touchdowns you know for St. Thomas Junior Dante Lewis did all he could with 300 yards passing and four total touchdowns but the Apaches pull off the upset in the end proving all three of us wrong Walker um huge 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 win for Antonian we were all questioning if they even had a chance or we were questioning if they had a chance in this game with Jace um with um with um, Johan Cardenas out, and they more than had a chance. They came out and won. Your thoughts on the Apaches getting a big win here? Yeah, um, big, big win. We, we've we've said, right, for a long time that that offensive firepower is deadly. But go, did you, if you haven't, go watch Ricky Gonzalez's film against this team. I don't know. I said in the chat, guys, he torched that ST, STH secondary. It was a one-man show out there. Nine catches, 115, two touchdowns. He was a man amongst boys out there. And um, I felt bad for that corner because he just got demolished most of that game. You know, Jason Toscano threw for 300 yards, two touchdowns, and rushed for one. Uh, I mean, that's just Raleigh Stroh goes 123 yards. Ricky goes 150. I mean, they eat two receivers for S- Apaches went over hundred yards receiving. That's right. That's not a good day for anyone, man. That's not a good day. Those are two guys you're supposed to lock up. And, and especially with, you know, those, they have really good athletes on the defensive side of the ball. It just, those guys, I guess their athletes got out, out athletes, man. I mean, good win for Antonian Houston. St. Thomas is going to want to have that one back and they, they probably will if they can, I mean, no, they won't make it to the state. Will they? No, no, they play, so, they, they play parish. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, I wish, you know, Antonio would, uh, St. Thomas would love to play that matchup again, but they're going to have to run through parish first to even get that opportunity. So. Yeah, definitely. So Ryan Schroeder, gigantic win for Antonio in the spot. Your thoughts on the Apaches getting it done. You know, what's crazy is because Houston St. Thomas was like, all right, you know what? We're going to play Paris in the championship. Like that's their kind of like idea. Nah, you had to beat Antonian this weekend first because now you're not even going to make it to state. You got to your semifinal matchups now going to be against Parrish, and that's going to stink because, you know, like we just argued with uh, Prestonwood and kind of being like, oh, that's a marker of a good year. Well, now your marker of a good year is going to be like, oh, shoot, can we win the first round or so? Or like the, you know, whatever happens up to that point until you play Parrish, right? Um, so, yeah, but I'm not going to sit here and just crap on St. Thomas because Antonian is crazy good. Like, just because St. Thomas didn't have Johan, uh, Johan Cardenas does not mean that this uh, Antonian team didn't just go off this week. Uh, I, I'm, t- I'm okay. Obviously, there's a lot of D2 matchups that I'm really excited for when it comes to playoffs, like later in playoffs. But Antonian versus Prestonwood might be one of my favorite upcoming matches if it is if both teams come in to make that game. And I don't want to sit here and act like I feel like Prestonwood can win or Antonian can win because I don't really know who I think can win yet. However, very excited for that matchup. AJ Sibley and McGuire Martin on one side versus you got uh, Ricky Gonzalez and Riley Strode. Like you. You're telling me with like that type of like offense on both sides, it's gonna be disgusting. It's gonna be a it's fun not... game to watch if it comes to it. Woo, woo! And we got we got time before that though. Yeah, no, I'm I'm incredibly excited to see that happen if it happens. I think it'll be an electric matchup that we will all be waiting for. But that'll close the chapter on St. Thomas Antonian. Now discussing a game that I got to cover live on Friday, Regents at St. Michael's. And this was absolute dominant start to finish from Regents in a 34 to nothing victory for the Knights over Crosstown foe St. Michael's. 
Freshman quarterback Quinn Murphy is as good as advertised, folks. The stellar freshman accounted for four scores in the first half with two touchdown passes to Chili Sire and one each to Jackson Smith and Tyler Quo. Jackson Smith also added a rushing touchdown of his own, and Will Pope and Jacob Wilburn did work all night for the Knights' defense, resulting in a shutout effort. Walker, I mean, we made some comments in the preseason that St. Michael's might have been the best team in Austin. Who remembers what was said in July? But we've been saying since the season started that Regents, Regents is the South in D2, and Regents might be D2 with the exception of Liberty Christian. Your thoughts on them absolutely blanking St. Michael's and covering the spread? Well, isn't the spread 34? That's what I remember, man. Like, didn't they? No, you know, uh, is that, is nah, that how it I was? Think it was in, I think it was in the <laughs> 20s, my brother. I think you remember that, too. Yeah, absolutely, I do. <laughs> um, Definitely wrong. <laughs> Give me the, all the hate. I I understand. Uh, I, I I said it, and then I regretted saying it right after. But I said it, and I have to take it like a man. Um. So yes, I appreciate all the hate. I saw it all. I <laughs> you know it's it's part of the game being a co uh, a co a host here on the private school podcast. Um. But you know what's even more impressive is you know after a rain delay, some people might not be able to be locked in for that long and staying focused. Uh, for this region seems that's not what it was. They just came out and came to play even after all that rain delay time and just dominated um, big, big win for them. Um, we know we talk about a lot about how, you know, we still have uh, Liberty up at the top is the favorite, but I mean, I don't think regents, I think regents wants that smoke and I think they're going to be ready and motivated to go back to the state championship where they, they like normally reside in the state championship in taps D2. Absolutely. And just the the engagement I got from everyone at Regents when I at an away game after a like a two hour rain delay, it was fantastic from the student section to the fans to the players. One of my favorite teams I've covered since I've started doing this. I really, really love Regents. Ryan, uh, just huge victory for Austin Regents here. I, you're looking at the ceiling for some reason, which worries me. Um, but... I'm sorry. I do. There are people on top of my house. They're making so much noise. I think it's my roommates went on top of my house. Dude, they feel like they're coming through the roof. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you were looking around. You were going to clown me for something, but. Okay, so there were ghosts residing in <laughs> no, Ryan Schroeder's room. Hold on, I gotta, I'll give me one second. few moments later. They said I didn't, they didn't know I was doing the podcast and they were trying to scare me, so. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, you can keep that in, Walker. But anyways, uh, <laughs> this is all I gotta say. This is all I gotta say real quick. We'll, we'll cut right back in here. Uh, this is a 10-0 Regents team that absolutely played, you know, the, the best, the best season, like, Regions play. I mean, they they play so many district games in this district because they all play each other. Um, so seven to zero in district, ten to zero in general. But I know this isn't. I know this. I, this is a district. This is in their district. So I'm going to talk about it. Brownsville St. Joseph went six and one, eight and two on the season, and uh, St. Michael's goes for what it looks like four and five with a four and three record in district. Um, not not what we thought at the beginning of the year um, at, at all um, for this team. Lots of injuries throughout the year led to that uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, Hyde Park and Brownsville St. Joseph jump St. Michael's this year in that spot. And I think that's just something to be known just because of how good of a year those two, both those teams had. Because St. Michael's ended up being, they've returned to healthy, haven't they, a little bit, kind of, right? They have, yes. Yeah, Except, so, yeah actually, go on. They returned to healthy a little bit, so that's that's good. That's good to know that at this point, that like even after these teams have returned healthy, St. Joseph, uh, you know, Brownsville, St. Joseph, and High Park are still winning games like that and jumping a, a healthy St. Michael's instead as well. So it's big on St. Joseph and High Park. They still had a really good year this year, um, but yeah, obviously Regents is just the top dog, and yeah, I think it was pretty much it was coming. It was coming for St. Michael's to lose that game by uh, a good thirty-four points. Yeah, I mean, Regents is the real deal. We will see how that claim holds up in playoffs. They were all saying, we'll see you in Waco. So I hope y'all I hope y'all aren't superstitious because I hope I see y'all there too. 
And now jumping into our next game, we're going to recap Trinity Valley versus John Cooper. We inadvertently basically recapped this entire game in our Player of the Week segment talking about uh, Vaughn McKeever. So if you missed that, go back to our Players of the Week. You'll hear all of our thoughts on Trinity Valley versus John Cooper. But moving into the final game, we're going to recap Episcopal versus Kincaid. I know it was great to have Walker and Jack down there at the SBC Championships. A fantastic time. Walker, Jack just gave us a, a detailed explanation of his thoughts on the game, but what did you think against uh, in the matchup with EHS and Kincaid? Kincaid getting a fantastic win here. Um, I'm going to say one thing that really was the game. 17 minutes. Ready? That's all that really mattered in this game. Houston Kincaid, in something I have never seen before in my life, went on around a 17-minute drive um, from their like 15 all the way to their nine to kick a field goal. It started the drive started around 5:30 in the third quarter and ended with 129 left in the fourth. Um, you know how we've always kind of said that the rushing game for King Kate is really good. It, I mean, it was not it was something like I've never seen before. And the problem was like they would get like they would even get like a fourth and one or a fourth and two or like a third and three, right? And every time, like you might want to call timeout to stop draining that clock, they couldn't because they knew the next play they were about to get the three three yards anyways. Like it was just how it was going to be that whole drive. There's a lot of things like demoralizing right in football, like a mo- getting mossed or getting your ankles broken or just a long touchdown when you're doing it. I honestly don't think there's something more demoralizing than getting the ball run right up the middle, play after play, and you having nothing to do to stop it. And that's exactly what happened for that long. It was like it was like a death by like a thousand cuts. That's literally what it was. Because by the time they got it back, they were already down 17-6, and you couldn't drive down the field. Kick a, like it was just not going to happen. So you have to give credit to that all the entire offensive line for Kincaid. Micah Bell was a workhorse that entire game. Um, you know he is. I I might say it now. He's going to be our SPC MVP. He has to be. I mean, there's no one better who brought that team into close, close wins and won the uh, SBC state championship for him. Fantastic game. Um, Kincaid, who we all thought was not going to be it. We thought it was going to be ESD. We thought it was going to be a Bel Air. We even thought it maybe, hey, St. John's. Never thought Kincaid until the last couple of weeks, and boom, Kincaid does it. So you have to give credit to Coach Larned. You have to give credit to Michael Bell, Miles Raider, the entire team on that team, you know, after all the, you know, we kind of said, oh, we, I said it. There's no way they're going to do it. I said Bel Air. Uh, we said it all. And we'll, we'll put it up on screen. Micah Bell holding up the trophy is enough said. And then that's all that matters. Enough said is the perfect way to describe this hand up. We, we did not give Kincaid the credit they deserved throughout the season. They came out week after week and proved us wrong. There's really, I mean, th- there's nothing, there's nothing more you want from a season than to prove outside voices wrong over and over again. That's exactly what Kincaid did a fantastic season for them. Ryan Schroeder, do you have any quick thoughts regarding um, Kincaid winning the SPC championship? Yes. So obviously I wasn't able to be there. So I actually watched, the entire film of the game back on the vibe thing. And I was going to actually give a couple of thoughts because I had a couple of things that I, well, I took away and I think you're hundred percent right. Walker with like, you know, obviously you're saying facts, but like, it's just like, man, like every single play was Micah Bell, wildcat, Micah Bell, wildcat, Micah Bell, wildcat, like, or if they put a quarterback out there, um, which I'm assuming that quarterback was Cooper Chambers, and I yeah wanna, I believe I, w- I believe it was, and even Michael uh, Bell threw the ball like yeah. So I want to apologize to Cooper Chambers because I I think I said some stuff last week where people thought I was going getting on to Cooper Chambers for not being uh, a good quarterback, um, and I'm not because obviously the kid's just young and he has more time to improve, and I want to make sure people understand that that's not what I meant by that. However. I will say that Cooper Chambers, um, he he didn't like like in in this game. Cooper Chambers, I because I, 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 I wanted to you know the, the the longest ball thrown in the game was by Micah. Micah threw the longest pass of the game, just like his brother Dylan did used to do back in the day. Micah did what Dylan used to do. When Dylan used to pass. He used, to, he used to catch, he used to run, and Micah's doing the same thing now. And I think what you have to realize is there's no room 
for a passing quarterback in that situation. The longest attempt that Cooper even had in the game should have been picked off by number two on uh, um, a pistol. I forget the quarters. Uh, uh, the, Braylon, Braylon. Yeah, no, what, whoever number two is, that ball should have been picked off, right? So it's like, I don't know. I just think you'll never see a passing offense as long as Micah Bell and Dylan Bell were there. Now Micah Bell's gone. You're going to have to change up the offense next year. Things shift. You know, we'll see what Cooper Chambers can do. But for now, I wasn't trying to be, you know, rude on Cooper Chambers. I just think the same idea. This this offense was never built to pass, and hence why they won the championship, not really passing. Uh, you know, I think overall that's all that was all I was really gonna say. But yeah, Micah Bell had a great game, and I think there's nothing short. I got talking, I probably got tagged by Micah Bell the past two weeks more than any other person has tagged me for even birthday things or anything else. <laughs> you know, no one no one sends me anything for my birthday on Instagram, but Micah Bell made sure and so did Kincaid. And I had a couple things from Bishop Dunn last week, and I had some things from uh Quorum Dale this week. People really tagged me a lot more this week, these couple weeks, and Anyone gonna send me a happy birthday thing every now and then? That's all I ask. Yeah, that's all I ask for on Instagram. Tag me, tag me your birthday story. Well, you know, I would argue that a Micah Bell tag might outweigh a birthday tag, but you know, <laughs> listen, man, you, you gotta you gotta pay the price when you say things. It's it's part of the job. You pick against people, you're gonna have people come at you, especially if you say that the opposite team is coming for said person's head. That will ruffle some feathers from time. Who to said time. that? I don't know. I don't think anyone on this podcast, but I, I saw it somewhere on the internet one time. Yeah, but that's, that's weird. That being said, that will close the chapter on the SPC season. Congratulations to John Cooper and Kincaid, champions respectively of their divisions. And now before we get into our other news segment, a word from our sponsors. This show is sponsored by ScoreVision. Are you looking to upgrade your scoreboards? ScoreVision is a cloud-based user-friendly software with an affordable suite of tools so you can keep score, boost athlete exposure, increase fan engagement, and enhance your game day experience. Head over to www.scorevision.com for more information. ScoreVision. Experience the game. Power the athlete. All right, guys, so all of that being said, we're moving into our other news segment. There are no spreads this week, sadly. We can't play the D.C. covering and the Paris covering game. Uh, I checked Massey ratings. Their site's glitching out. Very sad day. Spreads are our favorite part, or at least my favorite part of, of the episode, personally. I don't know what that says about me, but you can make your own conclusions from that. But we do have some interesting, an interesting point that Walker Lott brings up regarding the Division Two, District Two teams in the first round of playoffs. Walker, you raise an interesting point. You asked, do all D two District Two teams lose in the first round of playoffs? Do you think that's feasible? Yes, <laughs> I, I I think it's going to happen. Don't get don't get away from my picks, but I think every single Division Two team or District Two and Division Two team is going to lose Week One. Ryan, are we going to take that land down? So, just so everybody knows, if you don't know the Division Two District Two, I'll just read it out for you real quick. It's the teams that consist of um, Legacy, well, not Legacy because Legacy is not in playoffs. Uh, Grace, uh, Bishop Dunn, Grave on Faith, and uh, Quorum Deo. Those are the four teams. Um, and what is to be said is is the other North team, other others, the other North District with Liberty, All Saints, Midland, and Fourth Christian, going to take them down. Um. Now remember, and, don't don't give away picks here. But I, well, I mean, it's kind of hard to not give away picks here. Yeah, but actually, you know what? Do do what you want. This is a free podcast. <laughs> I I I I don't I don't actually think that I think I'm on the same page as you, Walker. I I don't see a situation where anyone would win. The only one that's close, in my opinion, would be uh. If if you had if you had Grave on Faith in their prime against Fourth All Saints, that would be the one that I would see. But um, everything else, I think, I think the other, I think the the Fort Worth district. I'm gonna call it that. The Fourth District sweeps in this one. I raise you a counterpoint. Don't All District Two no, teams no. win first round. So you want to bet on that? You want to bet Bishop, on that? Bishop Dunn, <laughs> Bishop Dunn beats Fort Worth Christian. Okay. okay. Grapevine Faith beats All Saints. Okay. Grace beats Midland. No. Quorum Deo beats Legacy. Uh, Legacy? You mean Liberty, sir? Liberty. Sorry. Sorry. I, I'm 
on yeah, that that week. might be the most outlandish one I've heard yet. Quorumdale beating Liberty. I'm sorry, I I crapped on Quorumdale last week for my Legacy Christian Academy, but I told Quorumdale respectfully on the space that they were going to lose to Liberty Christian. So I uh, I don't know. Yet again, one of my one of my adopted schools. I can't just throw my my children out to the wolves. I have that's to ride crazy. Them. But no, no way um, you claim Quorumdale after one week of picking them. Yeah, they treat you also... like a celebrity, though. That's crazy. <laughs> in in my own locker room back at Legacy, like, what are we doing, dude? The disrespect dude, those... is massive, dude. I saw those videos start rolling in when the Legacy game was ending, and I cried. I started crying, laughing on the sidelines. So it was Coram Deo. That is some of the best content I've seen all year. Thank you, but. Um, yeah, I mean, Grace is going to take an eight-hour bus ride up to Midland and shock the war. Well, okay, honestly here, to, to actually contribute to this discussion, I think I think two teams from District 2 get out. Um, I'll recap that in my picks, but I, I feasibly think, I think it's a lot closer than it should be. And I think District 2 is obviously significantly weaker than District 1. No one's arguing that. But I think it's entirely possible and in my mind feasible that two District 2 teams get out of the first round of playoffs. But we will we'll discuss that when we pick our games. Ryan, you've got some basketball news to to recap real quick. What have you what have you got for us after the first week of basketball? Yeah, so not a lot going on. Um, I just wanted to announce a couple things. First off, if you don't know, um, we are associated. There's an account that's associated with the podcast. It's called Texas Private School Basketball. It is the one that says TXPS Basketball in the name. Anything that has the at TXPS um, starting tag should be associated with us. Yeah, and it says directly affiliate if you don't know. Um, Anyways, what I was going to say is I have the championships predictions on there. I'll send this to Walker to put on screen right now. Um, It's basically just what I think the championship will be this year. Um, a lot is up in the air after some guys have transferred out of different schools. Um, we've seen a lot of transfers out. Um, obviously, the main one being Liam McNeely transferring out of John Paul II. He is now going to go play for Montverde this year in Florida, the school that everybody transfers to um, if they're really, really good. However, guys come in. Uh, a couple guys that come in are, are Bryson McLaughlin that comes into uh, JP2 and another one, if I can get his name, I apologize for not having his name in front of me, but uh, J- JP2 is kind of reloaded a little bit and just like most people thought they would. Um, they, they are a strong team. They have been a strong team um, and I think you're going to see a lot of things go on uh, w- with this team and how they're still going to be elite this year. Uh, Bryce McLaughlin has offers from a ton of different schools um, and then you have uh, Nathan Davis is going to be a stud this year as well. Um, and yeah, I, I'll tell you this much. Both those guys are getting offers. Um, you have, I think his name is Offrey, if I said that right. He's getting offers as well. Um, so this team is absolutely loaded. Uh, on the other side, Preston Wood has a guy by the name of Jalen Shelley. If you haven't checked it out yet, well, um, there's an Instagram page. It's called TXPS Basketball as well. There's clips on there of Jalen Shelley from the summer. Uh, there's one video I just have of him that pretty much summarizes how he plays. He's probably going to be one of the best athletes in all of private school basketball this year. Um, TMI and, and a St. Michael's is what I have for TAPS 5A. So St. Michael's actually has a couple of guys listed on 247 as being a part of their team. However, Mashai Hill is not playing uh, for St. Michael's this year anymore. He is transferred out to um, what I believe is Louisville High School. It's a school that um, a couple of different guys have played at before. But Josh Jones is the other guy on that team. He is committed to Oral Roberts to play, um, and he is still on that team from what I understand. Um, but he's going to be a great, a great player uh, this year for St. Michael. Still ranked top 21 in the state of Texas in the class of 2023, um, and will pose a threat. Obviously, the guy, if you've been following private school basketball at all, you know who Kendrick DeLuna is. He's the guy that plays for JL3 in the summer for AAU basketball. TMI boy, um, he'll be with that team as well. He used to play for Cornerstone back in the day for anybody that didn't know. Um, and yeah, we'll start to get into some chippy areas. I don't really know the rest of this kind of stuff off the rip. T- taps 4A with Grace Prep. I know Grace Prep is going to reload. I know this, they have some guys coming back. They lose a couple guys after last year, after they won state last year. Um, I, people are going to say like, well, don't you think McKinney Christian can reload in 5A? I do. However, they lose thrower. Um, I know Bobby's a senior this year, and he'll do great stuff for them. But yeah, 
from what I understand, though, TCS Lubbock um, has Marcus Ramon Edwards playing basketball, and he's a he stud. Is. I saw him. So like, he's, he's the I, deal. I was like, I'm like, I'm like, dude, give me a Grace Prep TCS Lubbock final for that as well. Um, and then Bel Air's the team that won last year uh, versus a Green Hill in the state championships. Obviously, the main guy Justin Begg is a stud for Bel Air. Um, I believe he's still on that team as well. It's a lot of there's a lot of stuff up for interpretation. I'll have to look at the first game stats to realize who's all on the team still. No one really likes to tell where they're going uh, after a couple until you get into the actual season. But uh, Justin Bang, who hit the game winner last year, still should uh, should still be on that team. And Green Hill is going to drop this year. They lose. Um, they lose obviously the two guys to Vanderbilt, uh, which is. Um, Lee Dort and uh, Noah Shelby. Uh, they're both gone after this year. And so now um, Green Hill will be on the lower side. And I think you'll see a team like Houston Christian come in there um, in that other SBC spot. But yeah, I definitely see Bel Air um, being back in that state championship again. However, that's all I really got right now. Um, I will be at the Fourth Christian um, uh, Thanksgiving tournament. I think it's what it's called. It's something. It's called the, let me get the exact name for this real quick before i just start spouting off random stuff i will be there um uh and i will be covering yeah this is going to be called the 7-eleven classic um it's on the 21st i think in the 22nd if i'm not mistaken yep 21st and 22nd i'll be there there's a lot of teams playing in it second baptist for christian quorum Deo, tcs lubbock Brentwood Christian, lots of great teams going to be playing in that tournament. Um, and yeah, I hope to see y'all there. Um, let me know if you're going to be there because um, I'd love to look out for all the teams going to be playing this year. Definitely so. Very exciting time when basketball starts to overlap with the end of football. Truly, November is one of the best months in sports outside of March, although I am partial. <laughs> Moving on into our five. Yeah, can you tell that I'm done with AM football season and ready for Duke basketball season? It's been a tough grind, folks. But Moving on into the best part of our episode, my favorite are five games of the week, starting with Grace Prep versus Dallas Covenant. This Friday, 8-2 and two Covenant will take on 5-5 five and five Grace Prep, and the loser's season will conclude. Covenant has only outright lost one game and has quietly been one of the best teams in Division Three, besting teams such as First Baptist and Brookhill, and their only loss coming at the hands of Dallas Christian. With three shutouts on the year and only 12 points allowed per game, the Knights boast one of the best defenses in the division, but that very defense will be tested by arguably the best passing attack in the division with the likes of Talton, Mathis, Lehew, and Broadway for the Lions. With a plethora of weapons, this game truly is the meeting of an unstoppable force and an immovable object. Honestly, in this spot... I want the immovable object. I want Dallas Covenant. I really do oh. think they are sneaky. I've been doing research. I think they are sneaky. One of the best teams in D3. They get slept on a lot. I really do think I'm going to hang my hat on this. I think they're the real deal. Don't get me wrong. I love Grace Prep. I love Talton, Mathis, Lehew, and Broadway. I think they are fantastic players. Do not get me wrong. I'm going out on a limb here. I think Covenant has the defense to get it done, and we're going to see this coming Friday. Walker Lott. Your thoughts? Wow. Um, I mean, we've we've known about Covenant kind of being like an underrated radar team for a while, but um, I'm I'm gonna go Grace Prep. I'm gonna go with the guys that maybe I just know better, and I'm gonna go with Grace Prep. You know, I've I've said forever that I think Jalen Talent might be one of the better quarterbacks in Division Three in all taps. I think he's a really good player. I really like Broadway. I really like Lehu. I really like this team, man. I think they're a really, really good squad. It's exciting to see because I think this is going to be a very interesting matchup because these are two teams that are not really played each other but are going to be ones. I think it's going to be a really good game. But I'm for this one, I'm going to go Grace Prep. Yeah, I mean, fantastic team. Definitely a, a solid pick there. Ryan Schroeder, your thoughts on this matchup? I really like the Dallas Covenant defense. Um, but I think their defense thrives on their offense. Um because their offense is scoring all these points makes it a lot easier for their defense to contain, in my opinion. Um, and their offense is on the field a lot of the times as well. I mean, you have the past however many games they've actually played. Scored 48 on McKinney, scored 42 on Shelton. Um, I don't really know if – do we have a reason why they didn't play Grace? They forfeited Grace last week? Weather. I mean, the weather was bad everywhere. That's the best I could gather. Yeah, I just think that would have been a no contest instead of – 
I'm not sure. Four, you know, that's something I probably should have considered a little more strongly. But I think I think the forfeit scares me a little bit, and I think it's just because I think that if you if you're forfeiting a game right before playoffs, you're preparing for something because you don't have something or whatever that may be. Now it could have just been weather, and I could be totally wrong. However, no, I just look at the schedule. I I don't really see a lot of like valuable wins on the year for for what's called for covenant however i don't i see a lot of losses on grace prep schedule but they've played a lot of like you know they beat southwest christian they played four with christian they've played hard teams this year played tcs lubbock you know they're getting losses to teams except for they beat south christian they're getting losses to teams that are you know tough teams um the 35-9 loss last week to uh lccs looks bad However, I think I have to go with Jalen Salton and Caden Lehew. I think that's kind of just the pick for me. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with Dallas Covenant. I think the safer option here, honestly, is just picking Grace Prep. And so I'm going to pick Grace Prep here. Well, you know, if you follow the stock market at all, you have to take on risk to see higher reward. And I think that's what I'm doing with Covenant. But for some reason, I just I, I feel it. I I feel like it's a good it's a good risk. Although you bring up a really good point with the forfeit, that's not something I considered. We will see come Friday. Moving on into a Division Two matchup: Fort Worth All Saints versus Grapevine Faith. In one of the more interesting matchups I've seen this season, four and five All Saints will travel to Grapevine to battle six and four Faith. This straight up is a tough one for me to rationalize. Faith is the two seed in District 2, while All Saints is the three seed in District 1, who saw an influx of D1 teams this past offseason. All Saints was our preseason state favorite out of the North, but have severely underperformed relative to those expectations. I really am torn here. Faith is very talented with the likes of Sebeki, Raybuck, and Cross. All Saints also has their own array of talent, but are are the much riskier pick here. You know, Faith has looked vulnerable the past few weeks between the Legacy Christian scare and I getting boat raced by Dunn. I really am going to have to side with All Saints here. You know, All Saints has been sporadic throughout the season. We know they have the talent. It's just will they get it done? I think they will. I'm kind of scared to take Faith in the spot. They've made some they've they've had a few slip ups and looked vulnerable. I like All Saints. Walker Lot. I'm going to go I'm going to go forward with All Saints in this one. I think they're a really good team. I think there, there's too much talent on the squad to just go away and play us. I think they're a really, really good squad. I think uh, Robert Sanders had a massive game against uh, Fort Worth Christian. It's honestly probably one of our favorites for Defensive Player of the Week this past week. But um, big, big win for him, or big, big game for him, and I think he's going to take that momentum with the rest of those guys in this one. I think Jalen Spriggs with the offensive line has kind of finally came into their own in this week. Um, it's going to be a huge one for the future, and I think um, I think this might be the one to kind of maybe get Fort Worth All Saints back on track, so give me Fort Worth All Saints in this one. Very interesting. Ryan Schroeder, your thoughts on this game? Yeah, this is the one I think, I think well, I I, I think also the, the next game could also be a switcheroo. I'm confident in the other two games, like confident in the Fort Worth District team winning, but this one, man, I, I, I great five faith is solid. And if you get, if you get Raybuck, Sobeki, and like cross on the right wavelength and stuff like that, this offense could be really, you know, ruthless. Um, we obviously just talked about the man himself playing on the defensive side, uh, Mr. Jay Norris. So we know this team has guys on both sides of the ball. Um, you know what? I just said it couldn't happen, and literally the last thing we just picked. But I, I give me great fun faith here over four with All Saints. I like it. I like it. I I was very torn, um, and I, I think you bring up good points. I I was very torn in this spot, and honestly, I think it's a coin flip game. So we have one on all, or we have two on All Saints and one on Faith. I like hedging our bets. We don't get mean to death when one of the teams wins, but. Moving on into the third game we're going to cover, Fort Worth Christian versus Bishop Dunn in another D1 versus D2 matchup. One seed Dunn will take on four seed Fort Worth Christian this Friday in Dallas. Dunn stunned Faith last Thursday, launching them from three seed to one seed and damning my Cougars to an eight-hour death march to Midland. But regarding this contest, although a 1v4 matchup, I would guess many people have the four seed favored here as District 1 is undoubtedly more talent-laden than District 2. However, this done rushing onslaught carried by King and Horn is something I will not bet against. They made a fool of me last week, and I have learned my lesson. 
Will I bet my house on this one? No. Jordan Green will not get that bulletin board material this week, but give me the Falcons in, in this spot. Walk a lot. I'm going forward with Christian on this one. I think forward with Christian won. There's a reason they won early uh, in the season. I think they're gonna. There's gonna be a reason they stop. They win this time. I think this team is is talented. I think Luke Anderson is gonna be. I think Luke Anderson is gonna be the major player here. I think his uh, presence on the defensive side of the ball, especially in the run game. I think Alex Harrelson is gonna be a big time player for them. Bryce Bradley. That front seven for them is gonna play a huge part to see if they can win this game again. I think they're finally Bishop Dunson to their own and playing good football. But I think the front seven uh, fourth Christian is going to play a big, big game in this. And I think on in the running game with uh, Luke Anderson and then the, as like that safety linebacker role with Luke Anderson, it's going to play a big part and give me fourth Christian. Very interesting. Ryan Schroeder, break the tie here. I call me crazy, but I almost would argue like I, I so I, I have fourth Christian winning this game, but I would almost argue differently. I think the pod, I, I think the, um, I think fourth Christian here because Bishop Dunn stopped the Clayton Sebecki and the, uh, uh, I mean, sorry, the Clayton Sebecki and John Raybuck type of offense, where it was the double run type of play. Um, I, you, you saw the double run action and Bishop Dunn was able to stop that. However, fourth Christian wise, they're a really good passing offense when they can get things rolling. Obviously Luke Anderson's the guy's going to go put up 200 yards on you. But if we're being honest as well, the passing game's great as well. You you got Jordan Green, you got Jacob Trimble, uh, you got the other wide receiver. I can't think of his name right at the moment. However, he's also a stud. Um, honestly, their passing game is solid if, if they can work things out. I just I want Hogan Nelson. I want Hogan Nelson to feel comfortable. He's twenty twenty five. I need him to feel comfortable in the spot in order to run things. And I think this is this is when it needs to it needs to happen. You need to win right now. And uh, I think this is a big game, but yeah, they can get things clicking on the passing game. They're going to run through the secondary of, well, pass through the secondary of Bishop Dunn. Interesting. I just, you know, I got to ride for district two, Ryan. I'm, I'm a bit of a homer, so I got to, I give, I I give up on through. district two. Lacey's not playing, even though I'm supporting them right now. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fair point. I can't, I can't be mad at that, but. That will conclude our thoughts on fourth Christian and Bishop Dunn. Now we transition into Bishop Lynch versus Central Catholic. A young one and eight Lynch team will meet five and four Central Catholic in McGregor this Friday in a matchup I will actually be on site covering. Lynch has had growing pains on the year with their lone win coming against Nolan Catholic. Central has also been up and down and just suffered a pretty bad loss at the hands of St. Pius. I'll keep it short. Lynch has young talent, but it's going to take one or two years for those guys to be competitive. Give me the buttons in this matchup. And, you know, I plan to have a water bottle full of like rocks to shake like a, like a rattlesnake's tail. <laughs> and I'm just realizing I forgot that. So just, just, you know, just edit it, edit it in Walker. I'm sure you can do that. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Go on, go Walker. Your thoughts on, uh, on Bishop Lynch, central Catholic. I want to go Bishop Lynch. Oh, I think, you know, last year we were like, Oh, well, like you know, sometimes we always say that Taps Division One is better, or Taps District One is in Division One is better than District Two. Uh, um, I think Young Legend Tal is going to be is this is going to be uh, his breakout game of showing how good this kid actually is. I think God's will. Uh, the running back is going to play a really big part. John Paul Zavant on the defensive side. They have a twenty-five wide receiver, but I forget his name on the top of my head. That's going to be a really good player or twenty-six. He's a tall guy. Um, they have a couple guys, man. And I think this is the team that like, um, they have to, they, I just, I'm just going to go on a limb here and say Bishop Lynch in this one. I know they're young, but this might be the statement win for them for the future of the program. So give me Bishop Lynch. I love it. Great rationale. Ryan Schroeder yet again, break the tie. Yeah, man, it's really hard to pick Bishop Lynch here. I'm going to tell you right now. However, Bishop Lynch really could not have stacked their schedule any harder. I mean, Bishop Lynch must have thought that this team needed to get like beat down in the non-district schedule in order to face their district, which is true. The district is very hard. However, I mean, I'm talking, you're talking about Salina, Dallas Christian, and Liberty back-to-back. You know, I don't know if people thought Liberty was going to be amazing this year, but Still, that's three games in a row that might as well. And her spell, let's be very fair. 
uh, those are four games in a row that you're kind of thinking to yourself, like you're, those are preparing you for district, but I think might have just like absolutely rattled this team. Um, they get a non-district winning against Nolan Catholic, but only by three. I mean, this team really hasn't won this year. Um, I, after going like, like they, they lost all every district game as well. I think you just have to go with the team that was 15, 15 points of awesome regents. And a team that was gave a St. Thomas uh, a pretty close game and up until the third or fourth quarter. Um, so yeah, give me Central Catholic here. Very interesting. I will see live how that game plays out on Saturday in McGregor. But moving on into the final game, we have to recap. A lot of yawns on the podcast. We we need to we need to land this plane without crashing. Sacred Heart versus Weatherford. Nine and one Sacred Heart and seven and three Weatherford will meet again Saturday after Sacred Heart bested the Lions twenty to thirteen this past September. I'll be brief again. There is a lot of stuff going on at Weatherford right now, and Sacred Heart has a man by the name of Ryan Swarzynski on their side, and because of that, I want Sacred Heart in this matchup. Don't overthink it. Don't overthink it, folks. Sacred Heart's going to win this game. Walk a lot. I'm gonna ride on that. I'm gonna ride on that too. I'm gonna ride on the Sir, the Sirwinski, uh saddle. There you go. The Sirwinski saddle. Yeah, yes. Yeah. The there alliteration, baby. The alliteration. I like that. But yeah, I'm gonna go Sacred Heart in this one. I'm gonna go the same thing with U.S. I think the Sirwinski, uh Ryan Sirwinski is coming out for blood this time. You know, he he was the sophomore last time around, right? And when he went went to stay and lost to Shiner, and he wants to prove that he can get back there again. You know, he had his brother last time. He wants to do it himself this time. Give me Munster Sacred Heart in this one. Give me Ryan Sorinsky. I think he's on the Sorinsky. Give me in him in this one. I think he's going to be on the way back to the state championship. I'd have to agree with that statement. Ryan Schroeder, for the last time this episode, your thoughts? Man, this, this Munster Sacred Heart team is literally a touchdown away from an undefeated season. Um, so I think that's something people have to consider. This team has won every game. And no, I mean, you have to remember this game, the game that was came, came was a battle and the star earlier this year, the Shiner St. Paul game. Uh, they already defeat Weatherford this year. You know, it really feels good to put Munster Sacred Heart. And I think that's where I'm going to go on this game. I think that's smart. It's not a pick you need to overthink. I Weatherford has been good this season. I just think Sacred Heart is the better team in this matchup. But that being said, that is all the information we have to cover for this episode. So dadgum excited to watch some playoff football. I Again, like I said, we've been waiting all year for this week. Finally upon us. Walker Lott, closing thoughts. This is, this is, you know, the teams you remember playing November, and this is what it means. And, uh, this is who, who, what these teams make a mark. You know, if you're a young team in playoffs, this is the time to show what you can do going into next year and what people can be afraid of for next year. If you're an older team, this is what this is when you have to play at your best. It's, it's no, it's you don't get another game. This is make or break. This is what we love about playoffs. This is what Texas high school football is all about. Be ready, be proud, everyone. Go support your schools. This is a fun time. No better time than playoff time. The fall is the weather's just right, man. This there's no better time in the state of Texas than Texas high school football playoffs. Uh, it's gonna be exciting. I'm ready to go watch a lot of football this next couple of weeks. It's been four years since I put the pads on. That got me fired up. Gosh, yeah, no. that was yeah. good, wasn't it? Yeah, that was, that's, yeah. that's one of the better moments we've had on this podcast. Ryan Schroeder, I don't know Thank how you. you top that, but try your best, my friend. No, I'll, I'll keep it. I'll keep it short and sweet. I think. I think all I'm just going to talk about is man. A lot of people. A lot of people are saying D two. Um, a lot of things about D two on different both the different sides. I think that's where I my mind's at right now. Uh, just because I think you got a lot of people saying that there's going to be a sweep on one side, um, including Walker Lot, um, and I and I almost said it as well that there was going to be a sweep. I just you got a lot to prove. There's something to prove, man. Something to prove. Um, and yeah, I think I think there's some D1 teams as well that are kind of thinking to themselves like, man, we want a shot at Parish. Um, so I don't, I can't top Walker lot and, uh, Walker lot needs to be, that needs to be bulletin board material right there. That's your bulletin board right there. It's just Walker lot, that speech, put it up there and be like, this is time is now. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. And we'll see all we'll see. We'll see the teams that make it through in, uh, four weeks from now in the state championships. Absolutely. Yeah, that's got Walker Lott's speech right there has to go into a hype video somewhere. And I challenge some team to do it because I think it'll fit seamlessly. But 
All of that being said, I have been one third of your hosting crew, Wes Tallis, and Walker Lott and Ryan Schroeder have fantastically been themselves. We will see you for the second week of playoffs next week. See you later. Three, two, one.